Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. This is Marcy. I will be leading our conversation today. As always, I have with me Kim and Katie. How are you, ladies? Hello, hello. Good morning. Doing okay. October is flying by, my favorite month of the year, almost over. And I have not had a single bite of delicata squash because the grocery stores around me are letting me down. Oh, my. Even That's Trader Joe's, a tragedy. No delicata. I'm when I asked, she them. told me it was like a week and a half ago. I went, maybe two weeks ago, and I don't go there that often. She's like, "Yeah, we've only had it in once so far." I don't know wow. where all the delicata went, but it's in California. That's where it is. Yeah, mail me some yeah. of that goodness. Yeah, you may have to take matters into your old hands and plant a garden like I did. Well, I, I by I, of course, mean my husband. I don't yeah. do things outside. <laughs> That's what outside the house is the kitchen is my jurisdiction exterior is his and I'm lucky the garden falls on his side of, of, Uh, you know, our boundaries. I am curious. I actually have not had any jealous cottage squash this season because kabocha is still my very favorite and Mm -hmm. it's been really good lately. So Mm -hmm. I've just been eating a lot of that. Katie, I'm curious though, when you, um, when you have the squash that you I can't even think of the freaking word grow <laughs> it's early over here. Yeah. <laughs> when you grow the squash, um, at home, does it taste as good? Yes. It, it tastes, it tastes, no, it's identical. Like there is no difference. I have a pile from, I've got some from Trader Joe's cause my garden is, is it's, I've harvested everything I can out of it. And they, and they look a little bit different. The ones from Trader Joe's look riper, Um, but once they're cooked, they taste the same. Mm. And I think that the riper ones taste sweeter, which makes more sense, right? Like a banana, once it's riper is sweeter. Um, and we probably pulled ours a little bit early because I didn't want to let them go, but they last for so long on your countertop, like Mm. weeks and weeks. Right. So it's nice to know that I've got plenty to, to last for, you know, a while longer. Um, because a Kim, like in your house, no one eats them, but me <laughs> and, um, and B they're not going to go bad. Like, you know, a piece of fruit would. Yeah. yeah. One of my clients reached out to me and she's like, can you tell me how to cut or how to cook delicata squash? And I was telling her how, and she said, okay, thanks. It's only going to be me eating it because my husband literally thinks squash is poison. <laughs> <I> said, <laughs> that's crazy you know when you when you scoop the the seeds out like the garbage smells bad right like the insides of any pumpkin or squash is not appealing and I think for that reason my kids are like you're you're eating weeds like I'm not I don't I'm not interested um and and I know as a parent I should be teaching them to try new things but I'm just like selfishly like you're lost I'll I'll just be here more for me yeah, yeah, I did get my-, my kids to try it and nobody like hated it, but nobody was interested. Like mm-hmm. they tried it, but they were just like, I'm not getting the excitement level here, mom. <laughs> like it's just not good. My, my dad growing up, he doesn't do it quite as much anymore, but he used to garden a lot and he would plant these like huge pumpkins this time of year that I mean, they're probably three feet tall oh, and, wow. and then zucchini wow. that would get just massive. So that was always really fun. And then I think it was maybe two years ago, he did try to plant delicata or not delicata. He tried to plant kabocha for me and it turned out 
okay. I didn't like, I mean, I didn't want her feelings to say, you know, the store one's really a lot better, mm-hmm. but I appreciate the effort. That's very yeah. sweet. Now, yeah. do you guys so any- carve pumpkins? Are you carving? Do you carve pumpkins or do you paint pumpkins? I haven't carved a pumpkin for probably 25 years. <laughs> okay. Katie, you have kids. Do you guys carve them or do you paint them? In the last couple of years, we've just painted them sh- just because it's been more convenient. Um, but we used to growing up when I was a kid, we always carved pumpkins and like we roasted the pumpkin seeds. Like it was mm-hmm. a whole experience. I have really nice memories of doing that with my family. I don't have a lot of great family memories because my brother and sister and I fought all the time, but Halloween and carving pumpkins was, was is something that's top of mind is like, I really loved that. And, um, we kind of have not done that as much with my kids. What about you, Kim? We do. We go to a, my, my best friend hosts a giant pumpkin carving party every year. Mm. And we've been going since my kids were little, but I realized like, gosh, it's a lot of work. And mm. then I see people painting them and I'm like, Maybe we should just do that. We'll yeah. go to the party and talk and then, and carve later or paint mm-hmm. later. It's a lot of work to, to carve a pumpkin. They're, they're really cool. There's a place I never make it anymore. Cause October's busy, but it's got to get back on my party list. We have a place not, not far from us and they have professional artists come and do a competition and oh, they man. carve pumpkins that are like, I don't know, like five feet tall, five feet, like they're massive and they carve like full scenes on it. And you walk through in the woods to see them and they judge and you can be the judges. Oh my God. And I haven't done it in a while. I need to, and I missed it this year. I was away on one of my trips, but I, I got to get it prioritized. It's really cool. That is amazing. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Chester County pumpkin carb, I think is what it's called. The great pumpkin carb. And I will say roasting pumpkin seeds is delicious. We used to do that growing up Mm. to get back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, long, once again, Marcy can talk about squash for hours. So (laughs) guys, we should probably not do this again because we're going to be weird. We're going to be like the weird squash. I know to change the name. (laughs) We do have other season is almost over friends. (laughs) Decades of squash. The the squash season never ends for me because I can always get it here. So anyway, moving on, Katie, let's chat about you because you are in rare form today. Uh, Before we started recording, I was like, whoa, I've never heard her talk like that, but I like it. Let's go. Well, you know, people who talk to me outside of stories know that um, sometimes I I, I censor myself on stories. I do like four letter words a whole lot. And I mean, even my youngest daughter, I was afraid her first word might be a four letter word. Like I'm not all that careful about them. So I realize though, that sometimes people don't like the way it feels when someone at stories is coming at them with those words. So when I hopped on with you ladies, I was absolutely feeling myself and, and, uh, I'm coming from a place of being kind of high strung right now. I'm really low on sleep. Um, I have not, I've been sniffing my pumpkin candle in my office for too many hours in a row. And I have not gotten outside. Um, I'm forgetting things like, I think this is a function. This is not a function of age. I don't think this is just lack of sleep and lack Mm -hmm. of being outside the space. Like I haven't had the sunshine. I haven't had the movement. I've just been really working on tying up these loose ends because my graphic designer on my book, I should back up a little bit. That's what's been holding me in my office. Um, she had COVID. And so that pushed her timeline to a different place. And now that she's feeling better, I know she's ready to wrap it up. And she, I think she might be in her twenties because this girl does not rest. We were working last night at 11 o'clock and she's eight hours ahead of me. So basically she pulled an all nighter. We started at eight in the morning. We are working at 11 o'clock last night and I can tell she's ready to be done. And so I want to just keep my cadence on pace with her. Um, and we're just so close that it's like, you know, we're at the point where it's like, Oh, one more thing. Oh, one more thing. Um, and so 
it's you, gotten to the point where I'm stretch here for, I mean, we are like a day, maybe away, two days possibly. But in the meantime, I am, uh, it's of course fall break because this is how it happens. So my children were off yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And, um, you know, we still have all the practices and there's still all because fall break isn't at every school, but it is at ours. So I forgot one of my daughter's like evening art classes. I forgot another one of my daughter's dive practices and things that like, I have three calendars. Okay. Like I have my phone calendar. We have our kitchen wall calendar. And then I have a calendar in my office. These things are on all of my calendars and somehow I'm completely void. Like my brain is just not picking things up. And, uh, I know this is temporary, but this is exactly the place that people get into with anything. Like it doesn't have to be a book creation, but anything where they just only have tunnel vision and, um, it's really hard to get out of it. And I woke up this morning after a terrible night's sleep, kind of feeling shaky. I'm having tea this morning because I just need to calm the hell down. Brady, we and, need to get you outside today and get out. And of course, when, are you, when are you going out? Well, the, t- the temperature dropped 20 degrees yesterday that yeah, the last two days were beautiful and now it's raining, but I will be going outside for something at some point today in between, you know, the other things I have in my calendar, but guys, this is a, this is a rough stretch where if I, I'll tell you what, if I wasn't well-fed and coming from a place of being really well-rested, mm. I don't know what I would look like, right? It, you ladies can actually see what I look like, but I don't know what I would physically be right. doing right now if I wasn't coming from that rested it's place. it's not a chronic situation. This exactly. Is, yeah. Yeah. That's important. So anyway, mm-hmm. hence the, hence the colorful language before we hopped on here. <laughs> Katie's going to try and keep it under control. <laughs> I, am. I am. I am. Well, then it might slip out for me because <laughs> it slips out even when things are going well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's talk about this week's topic, which is all about the end of the year. So Katie sent us a voice memo on Monday asking if we had thought about a topic for this week's episode. And she said, here's a great idea. We have 75 days left in the year. And I said, oh my Mm -hmm. Lord, I had no, I I mean, I had an idea that time is going by very quickly. But when you said 75, it was kind of an eye opener that, yeah, yeah, 2021 is almost in the books. Kind of crazy because, you know, when COVID first happened, everyone's like, oh, 2020, I can't wait for this year to be over. And I'm thinking to myself, just because the calendar turns doesn't mean that anything is going to change, you know, and now here we are almost in 2022, just seems crazy. So Mm -hmm. yeah, the conversation that we wanted to have is feels like this time of year almost ends up being like a weekend. People treat it like they would a weekend. So they're on point five out of seven days and then the weekend goes to hell and they undo their progress and they just end up pretty much stalling their results. So what we do not want for We're you- back where they started. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I didn't want to say that, but yes. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Kim's Kim's the real talk over here. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. People just spin their wheels because they, yeah, they're not getting control of their weekends. And let's be honest, if you throw the next 75 days away, the same could happen to you. And there's definitely that the mentality of just like there would be I'll start over on Monday, I'll start over on January 1st. I'll join everybody else in the new year's resolution resolutions and hit it hard and be motivated. And it's like, uh, back up, hold up. 
you can make a lot of great progress this time of year and actually go into the new year with some momentum and having started to create some pretty massive changes in your life. No, I mean, I hate to use this as an example, but when we're talking about the number 75, there is that mm-hmm. 75 hard. I don't know if you guys have heard about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I oh, have yeah. lots of feelings right? on that. Yeah, no, lots yeah. of, we don't have to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, we're not suggesting like, you do 75 hard, mm-hmm. but I get your point. No, but right. like the point is, you know, yeah, you can create a lot of habitual changes mm-hmm. in 75 days and really, you know, be on your way to a new identity for yourself. So that's kind of what we wanted to chat about is what are some ways that you can end the year on a high note having, yeah created some change for yourself rather than just believing I have to start over come January 1st. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for me, the biggest, the biggest thing people could do to end the year strong, whatever that might look like for you, whether that's continuing to lose weight or build muscle or be a maintenance, whatever it is to end the year, uh, with the same level of consistency that you've had the rest of the year is really that mindset switch of just because we have some holidays coming up does not make it all that different. We like build it up in our head, right? Like about what this means for us. Mm-hmm. It's that all or nothing mentality. And so going into it, realizing we're talking about like Halloween, Thanksgiving. If you celebrate Christmas, we're talking Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, right? That's mm-hmm. five days. If you celebrate Hanukkah, we've got you know a couple of extra days in there. But guys, that's not that many days. We don't need to throw away several months of the year for that right? Mm -hmm. There's, it's that mindset. And when you, when you really look at the numbers, there's just no reason for that. Instead of thinking like, I'm just going to take the rest of this time off. There's just no reason for it. Mm -hmm. Well, and do you think that perhaps what makes it more difficult for people is yes, there are only a certain number of really celebratory days. So like you were saying, Christmas Eve, Christmas day, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Halloween, Thanksgiving, all of that. But at the same time, there are still parties in between that. So, you know, the work luncheons and the friends parties uh, yeah. there are like leftovers, baked goods are coming to your house. So it's like, mm-hmm. it is are all of- things that people can practice. And that's why I really like yeah. this time of year for helping people with these kinds of skills. Like there's so much you can do to practice, like doing and navigating those things while still keeping your goals in mind. Look, how many of these like work, like parties do you really want the food like do you need another Mm store-bought cookie like is that really that tempting or could you be more intentional about what your treats are going to be I host a cookie party every year like I'm going to eat some so that's going to be another day for me but frankly when I've done that in a weight loss phase I can still have that be a deficit day if I have that be my high day for the week and manage like how many cookies am I going to have it doesn't have to be like all my special events like I'm not allowed to eat the yummy food Mm -hmm you know, there are ways to manage it and just really being intentional about which ones are important for us to actually celebrate them with the food and which are just not that good. Cause it's another store-bought cookie. I well, think it's, Oh, go ahead. Oh, go on. Oh, I was just I, gonna say, oh sorry. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go really quick. Um, what I wanted to say about that is technically, and I think Katie, you're a perfect example of this from the podcast a couple of weeks ago, where we were talking about the Halloween candy and how you are intentionally, that is one of my favorite words is being Uh intentional with your choices Mm -hmm. is intentionally eating a piece of Halloween candy every day to take the power away from the actual candy or like the power that you give it 
And you can say, or you can realize it's just candy. It's not impacting my progress in the context of an overall, you know, calorie deficit. If somebody does have a weight loss goal that they're still pursuing or for you in maintenance, I'm not going to gain a bunch of weight if I have a piece of candy, so long as my calories are in check. So even if you wanted to have a cookie or a piece of candy every day, this whole year, and it still fit within your calorie budget, you could still make progress. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I think the mindset that people get into is still putting foods on a pedestal. This food is good. This food is bad. And if I have the cookie, well, then I've already blown it. So I may as well have the cookie and the cake and the candy, and then I'll get back on track on Monday. And then the same cycle repeats itself. So one thing that I have written about, and I need to again soon is, you know, even with clients, and I'm sure you guys have had this experience as well, who track macros or use flexible dieting as their approach. So all foods can fit. They still are having this, I don't want to say disordered. That's a powerful word, but, um, you know, not the best relationship with food in terms of how they approach it. So mm-hmm. I had the cookie that's bad, even though it fit into my macros and now I'm going to blow the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. I think so many people too have had this same pattern come year after year after year, which is why the whole 70 days left in the year thing kind of sparked something for me because what if you tried something new this year? What if for the last couple decades or whatever, this has always sort of been the way it's it's been for you and you accept it and you acknowledge it and you go into January and you're like, I'm gonna just hit the ground running then and that's fine. And, or maybe you start off with the best of intentions in October and then you just totally derail midway through November. If that's you, and, I, and I'm speaking from a place of this was me, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I challenge you to approach this season in a way that's different than what you've done in the past. So maybe you've tried really hard up front and and some of these things we're talking about, you're like, yeah, I tried that. I tried that. But then eventually it just all goes to hell and it doesn't work for me. Um, what if you just did something entirely different, right? So maybe you're someone who's looking at like this candy challenge that Marcy's talking about and saying, that scares me because I'm not going to have just one piece. I'm going to have the whole bag in one day. And it's just going to lead me down that same road except what if it doesn't? Have you actually tried this? Have you actually stepped outside your old habits to try something new? And I think that is the big thing. If in the past you've struggled, consider what you've done and maybe do the opposite. Mm -hmm. Maybe have a little bit of trust in yourself and your body and understand that, will it look perfect? Will it be this beautifully laid path? No, but oh my gosh, nothing ever is, right? Like nothing worth achieving and, and building and growing happens perfectly. The first time you do it, you have to have, take all these imperfect actions so you can either win or learn. Right. And so I guess my, like my perspective is take these three months as an opportunity to learn a new way to do things. If you've got, if you're dialed in and you're all set and you're listening to this conversation, like this is not a problem for me, then keep on doing what you're doing. But if you are someone who's like, gosh, this keeps happening year after year, think about what you've done in the past year after year. And maybe don't do those same things again. Yeah, I love that. That's great advice, Katie. That's fantastic advice. I don't know. Are there any things that any specific like tactical things that you ladies can think of that maybe you've had clients try or or not be willing to try um, to change the outcome? 
So one of the things I would say is around time management, because especially in December, when December hits, people's schedules are just busy, especially if you have kids, because, and if you have more than one, oh my gosh, just the number of like recitals and concerts mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. And then you add in like different Christmas parties. So your schedule just gets really busy. And not all of my clients, some clients, what we do is we're like, okay, you're still going to hit all your workouts. Cause this is, a, this is a, what works for you. But mm-hmm. for other clients, what we realize works is we're going to reduce the number of workouts so that you will actually feel successful and not just give up. Cause you don't have time for all of them. Yes. And so I've certainly given clients two really well-structured strength training workouts a week instead of their usual, whether they do four, whether they do three and they go into it with the intention of like, I am doing this. I will make time for this versus screw it day after day. I don't, I don't have, I don't have time. And so maybe adjusting your expectations. And if you are a person who typically works out four times a week, being willing to be like, all right, I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to do it twice a week for four weeks. Um, and for other people I've, given them what I don't typically do, but we just want to be able to keep them in the habit of training. You know, I'll give them just a couple of like short circuit kind of things to do. So they're still keeping the habit of I'm a person who exercises, even though it's not their usual full-blown workout. So again, you can adjust your expectations when times get busy and still be successful. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like incorporating those micro habits that, that, and again, reinforcing the idea that something is always better than nothing. A yeah. five minute workout of like one minute of planks, push-ups, squats, lunges, you know, whatever is better than for goring it all together. Because sometimes that's just all you need for mindset for the day. It's really true. And this is something I'm going to offer in my monthly membership this year. And I don't offer two day workouts in my monthly membership, but in December, I'm going to put those in the addition because I want people to know, like you can still um, keep good habits in place. Even when your life is like, wow, I'm just so short on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say the same is similar for your nutrition. So not, I realize that not everybody on this podcast does track their calories or their macros or anything like that, but let's say you do the majority of my clients do Kim. I think that yours do as well. Correct. More, so, more often than not. Yeah. So using the, what I like to call plate method, which I totally store, stole from Jordan Syatt. <laughs> So Kim, you're familiar with that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I definitely have clients who successfully do that. Yeah, so this is the strategy that I use anytime someone is in a very busy season. And again, keyword season, just like we are heading into. So a couple of months out of the year, it's not gonna be the rest of your life. So try to reframe that. You know, this is only temporary. I can get back on track in full force or also even if you need to use it, periodically, like a day here, a day there, a week here, a week there throughout the next couple of months. So it still allows you some structure. And that is three, three meals per day. So like, let's say breakfast, lunch, and dinner, each meal is going to fit on a nine inch plate. Half of that plate is going to be your fibrous vegetables. So fill up on those as many as you want. Approximately a quarter of the plate is going to be protein a quarter of the plate is going to be some sort of like starchy carb. Kim, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it like carb or fruit or does the fruit go in with the starch or the, no, um, I don't know how, I don't actually even remember how Jordan did it anymore when he set up. Cause I have my own way of doing it. And that is like the quarter of a plate of literally anything they want. So if they get okay. half a plate of vegetables and a quarter plate of protein, they can use that last quarter for any combination of fruit, fat, carb, 
carb, mm. fat, whatever they want. It's just a way of, mo- of managing your calories. And then the other change I made is most people don't want to eat vegetables for breakfast unless they're going to take what would be on that plate structure and throw it into a smoothie. And mm. so for clients who do that, we'll often um, come up with another structure for their breakfast plate, which is still, you're going to get a quarter of a plate of protein. We're going to make sure you have fruit in there. And I'm going to give them an approximate calorie target that I would want them to have to figure out once like, Hey, figure out a breakfast that's between like four and five fifty. It depends on the person. Figure that out. Come up with a couple of times because most people just don't want vegetables, right? Like for breakfast, yeah. unless you're doing a smoothie, who's going to eat like green beans or something? Or, or um, like if you're putting vegetables into scrambled eggs. Like that's the other thing. Yeah, like or, if you're going to put or oats yeah. or like oat bars. I mean, there are there, I right. incorporate zucchini in oat there? bars ah, and, yeah. and cauliflower into oatmeal. Right. Like there are ways to do it, and I don't think it's necessary for everyone. But if you are in a fat loss phase and you're trying to satisfy yourself in the morning and get those extra micros in, so you maybe have a placeholder for more fat and carbs at an event, yeah. I think those are, in my experience, excellent ways to incorporate. Wait, do you veggies. actually put, do you put zucchini like in oatmeal, not just oatmeal? Yes, bar. ma'am. I, I do. Uh, you'll see a lot of recipes uh, in the book coming out. And Kim, I'm going to, I'm going to like, just send you the e-version so you can like page through it. But yeah. I have, I, I love zucchini and cauliflower at breakfast daily. I love it. Interesting. Okay. I found some good ways to incorporate it. That's for sure. Yeah, I had, I I had a client it. tell me recently that she put cauliflower rice in scrambled eggs. And I was like, Oh, I've never tried that. But I mean, cauliflower, like cauliflower oats is very popular. It's delicious. Yeah. 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 You I and I have been yet. talking about this for years, but I got to tell you, I still have never tried this stuff. Oh my Lord. It's four years into you and I ha- and Sam and I having that conversation about Kali, uh, Kali rice. I've still never tried it. <laughs> I mean, I, At I all? love it. No, literally never. I've never eaten it. It is a magical ingredient. It really yeah. is. Is it? All yeah, right. Smoothies. One of these days I'm going to do it. But, but yeah, in this time of year too, you know, I mean, I can eat a smoothie and I do in the dead of winter, but mm-hmm. some people, when it's cold outside, they don't want a smoothie for breakfast. So yeah, I like, like something that's smoothie. more, that's more, more, more comforting, like oatmeal. And then adding some veggies to that is mm-hmm. a great way to do it. So anyway, we got off on a little bit of a tangent, but plate <laughs> method. So yes, just what we outlined. And then if you do feel like you need a snack in between, you're getting a little bit hungry then have a, a serving of protein, a piece of fruit, something like that. So, you know, yeah, protein and, shake, Greek yogurt. And the way I typically do that is size of your palm, yep. fruit, fruit, vegetable, or protein. And especially during the holiday season, what I usually tell people is if you would like two snacks, you can have at least one of them should be a vegetable or a protein. And the second one, if you want like a cookie or something, keep it the size of your palm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, can I, I, on the note of smoothies and being cold, I would suggest too that don't forget about soups and stews and chilies that are basically just hot smoothies, right? Yeah. They're, they're savory, they're warm, they're incredibly filling and satisfying. They can be easily bulk prepared, frozen, defrosted. Like I feel like that's one of my easiest go-tos in the fall and winter. And I love when the season comes around because it's just so simple to assemble them. And one of the things I like to do, Kim, you were talking about your cookie decorating party. So you guys may, not everybody may like this idea, but sometimes when I go to events like a a party and and cookie decorating would honestly be no difference. I'm going to bring my cookie, but I also like to bring a huge pot of chili and create what I would call a chili bar. Because sometimes at these events, 
it's, it's nice to have something savory as well. And so I will make a big pot of a veggie based chili, something like the rainbow chili or the turkey chowder in my new book or the game day chili that I shared on Instagram recently, and then bring all the fun sides, like some chips to dip, some salsa, some sour cream, some cheese. So there is another option besides just eating all the cookies. Yeah. Um, and if all, if all you want is the cookies, cool. But it actually a hundred percent of the time when I've brought something like this to an event, like a cookie decorating party, that's sort of unexpected. People have been like, Oh my God, this is so awesome. I would love a warm, comforting bowl of this. And Oh, by the way, there's vegetables in it too, that which <laughs> can support you in other ways. So, I mean, again, maybe that idea is not for everyone, but I love bringing something like that to a party when I go. Well, Katie, mm-hmm. I even just like those things a lot, like a chili kind of thing to pre-make, put in individual serving containers yeah. for this busy season. For so like, easy. It's like, it's like getting a, one of those disgusting lean cuisines that people go for back in the day. Right. But it actually is better for you. And it's going to fill you up. It's mm-hmm. going to be like making a fresh meal and wow. It's so, it doesn't get any easier than take this out and put it in the microwave for three no. or four and minutes. Right? I'll tell you what foods like that frequently take on more depth of flavor after they've had some time to yeah. sit and freeze and unfreeze. And even something, if you've got like a real picky eater in your family or someone who's like, I'm not eating a soup that's got butternut squash in it as the base. Here's a trick. Add a Parmesan cheese rind, like the heel of a Parmesan cheese rind as you're cooking it. And that, that for like maybe 20, 30 minutes, however long it's on the stove simmering, take that heel out before you serve it. And the, and the depth and flavor, that savory flavor from Parmesan permeates the entire stew with, so it tastes like you've added like cups and cups of cheese, but you actually have not. Oh, wow. Katie, that's a great tip. I thought your tip was going to be pretend that it was cheese and don't tell them it's butternut. (laughs) Yes. In your dreams, pretend that, no, 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 actually. (laughs) Save that, save those heels. And I just, I love the Kirkland Parmesan cheese, like the big, like triangular sort of bricks sort of. And once you get to the end, they last a really long time, stick them in a Ziploc bag and in the cheese drawer in your fridge and pop that baby out when, um, when you need it in a soup or a stew. And it is so game changing. Right. This Mm. might be a dumb question, Katie. Um, you can roll your eyes at me if you want. Can you, do you throw it out after you've cooked it once? Yes. Yes. Cause it's, it's going to be really soft. It doesn't, it doesn't like decompose in any way. It just becomes really soft. And so you couldn't continue. You couldn't use it anyway, because it's just the heel. Um, but the, you couldn't again, use it again the next time you want to do that. You correct. So don't mistake this with actual, a wedge of Parmesan cheese that you would, that you would grate. This is once you've grated everything and you get to the heel, that hard part of the, almost like the crust, if you will save that last part of the inedible piece. And that is what you're going to drop into your stew or soup or whatever. Got it. I love that. I'm going to try that. Do it. I'm hungry. That sounds delicious. <laughs> now I got to go get a wedge of Parmesan and eat the whole thing. Yes, <laughs> ma'am. You do. <laughs> Parmesan is so good. Yes. Perfect. Yes. So it's got so much power. Yeah. 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 A lot of flavor. So that being said, I think also something to keep in mind is if you are going to a party, an event, something like that eat before. I mean, I used to be the type who would save all of my calories until the meal. And like, I could control myself enough, but I think some people cannot. So make sure that, yeah, you're not going into that event overly hungry, where then it's going to be more difficult to control yourself around the abundance of food that is available to you. So I usually recommend to clients, you know, stick to mostly protein veggies, like lower fat, but higher volume foods, just so that 
again, you're not, um, not eating, but you're also saving calories a little bit mm-hmm. for those higher calorie foods that you might want to have. Mm-hmm. Great. Tip. Something I've done too, because Marcy, I'm like you, I have a shake every day because I seriously love them. I plan though. I, so I don't really do this so much anymore, but it, when in my history, I have planned having a shake after I've gotten home from an event. Um, and let's be clear, I'm not a night owl. So I'm not someone who's getting home at midnight and like doing this, like when, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tap my family and say, okay, it's seven 45 and my, my aura ring is telling me bedtime is approaching. Let's go. And so I will have a shake or something like that, that I really truly enjoy waiting for me at home. So basically I have this, these extra, this, this food, these extra calories as a placeholder. If I'm at the party and I want another serving of something and it's, and it's meaningful to me in that moment, I will have that. But if not, I actually have something that I really do enjoy waiting for me at home, um, that I can choose to have instead. And that to me was kind of a pivotal thing where I was like, okay, I don't have to do everything here at this party because Kim, you said this before, sometimes store-bought cookies well, not sometimes they suck, right? Like they are not what you build them up to be in your head in, and are not good just because it's Christmas True. time or just because they There's come in a red kind I like, I like the target cookies, the target sugar cookies, which is like, with the, I don't even, I don't even like sugar cookies usually. Yeah. The target, like the fluffy, puffy ones oh, making for all the holidays. Like, oh yeah. My kids love those too. I like those, but otherwise I don't want a store-bought cookie. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there, there are like two store-bought cookies that I just Oh my God, and I can't have gluten. I walk by them oh, every right. day. I'm like, what? Yeah. I said, I, right. Katie, I really like that strategy of having something like a special snack thing that you like yeah. and still planning for it. It really makes it feel much more intentional knowing that mm-hmm. it's not like, well, I've saved this calorie, so I should eat some of this junky food mm-hmm. or nothing. Right. But that, you know, like, okay, now I've given myself this option. Mm-hmm. I have these calories, X number of calories I could use. Or maybe this doesn't look as good as that yummy thing I like at home. And so I'm going to wait. I, such a good strategy. Sometimes that it, that's how I felt. And, and again, I'm, I'm a food person. So I really would weigh these things out in my head. I, I would look at the spread on the table and be like, does that look better to me than sitting down with, with XYZ at home, you know, at the end of the night? And, and yeah. I would make a decision based on that thought work. I love that. You know, the other people I would like to talk to right now are people, because we've kind of been talking to people who are like, you know, you've been doing well. We don't want you to fall off at this time, but I think it's a, a great time of year for people who have not even started yet. And some people might be like, this is not the time to start. Like I I'm not doing well now and I'm going to start this. And here's why I like it. There's a lot less pressure than in January. There's a mm-hmm. lot less pressure to like do it all right. So if you're a person you've been thinking about like starting to lose weight and you just haven't really done it yet, don't wait till January, like pick a, pick a thing. I'm actually, I've decided I'm going to rerun my walking challenge that I did a couple of years ago. Was it last year? Yeah. And then I got sick and I couldn't participate in it myself. So I'm going to rerun it in November and something like that, where you focus on just getting more movement in when you hit January, you're not going to have to think about it. You're already going to have gone from being a sedentary person to a person who now moves every day. So Mm. when January comes around, you can more just focus on, okay, all these other things. And it doesn't have to be walking. I like that one because it's kind of easier for people than the calories, but you can have it be anything. It could be like, okay, I'm going to start eating vegetables twice a day or Mm -hmm. like I'm going, whatever, whatever small habit you can imagine would help you to lose weight, pick one and practice it during this crazy time of year. When maybe you were like, "Mm, I'm just going to sit around eating cookies. 
Even yeah. if it's something like, I'm going to wait to eat till I'm hungry, or I'm going to practice, I'm going to start practicing, noticing what does it feel like when I'm satisfied, or I'm going to practice eating slowly, pick one of these things, work on it from now till January, you're yeah. going to be ahead of the game. 70 days of that sort of behavior. Of Can you imagine where that puts you on January 1st? So much, so much ahead of the game. That's outstanding. I really love that. What else you got, Mars? Anything? Well, I think that we need to briefly touch on movement and yes, we, we talked about the strength training. So lower the amount of days that you are lifting so that it can feel more sustainable if things are busy, but also we got to talk about the importance of your non-exercise activity and how much progress you can make as a result of that. Like that really, besides the calorie deficit, if that loss is your goal, or even again, trying to just maintain your weight this time of year your calories and your non-exercise movement are going to be the biggest dial movers. So I've already started to hear it. <laughs> it's cold. I don't want to go outside. It's so warm in my house under my blanket, you know, mm-hmm. but I got to be honest, you have to find a way to get it done. So mm-hmm. going out for those walks, you know, not everyone has the, um, like a treadmill in their house where they can get their movement in that way. So, or, and if you don't want to drive to the gym, then how are you going to get it in? And yeah, it's just like tough love here, but bundle up and go outside. (laughs) Yeah, this is definitely a place where being a person who looks for solutions instead of excuses pays Mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. Because I hear, I've actually already addressed it once on my story. So I hear this all the time at this this time of year. I'm like, guys, we've got like many months ahead of us of really cold weather. If you live somewhere where there's cold weather, you can't wait till it's warm and beautiful again to get, to get a walk in. And there's just so many workarounds, the easiest of which is you got to get good gear, right? It's not that bad to go out for a walk. If you have warm boots and a really warm coat and a nice warm hat, like I just bundle up. It actually feels pretty good. And the other thing I'd say is you might need to work around with your timing. If sometimes in, when it's nice out, like I go for an early morning walk or a late evening walk, maybe you're not going to be doing that in January because it's just too cold and icy. But if you can swing it at lunchtime, you know, and you put your bundle up, it's one of the easiest ways to make a walk still happen. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, oh, go ahead, yours. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I get, I run very cold. So that's one thing that I, I don't want to say I struggled with it, but yeah, like even in like the 50 degree California weather in the winter, I was like, oh, this is freezing out here. I know. I'm right. Okay. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't say 50, 35, like it'll get down okay, to like fine. the 30s. That's cold. It's cold. It is cold. <laughs> um, I would put a heating pad in the microwave and mm. put a heating pad, like under my jacket or my sweatshirt and go great out idea. that way. Brilliant. That was a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes That's it almost right. got too hot. So there's a workaround for you. That's yeah. fabulous. Um, but then the other thing too, is it's kind of like a cold shower or an ice bath. The first 30 seconds or a couple of minutes, you're like, this sucks. Why did I agree to this? Like, it's so cold. I want to turn around to go home. And then once you get the momentum going, you do like the blood is flowing. The endorphins start flowing. You are no longer quite as cold. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind that Mm -hmm. it's going to be tough at first. It's not going to be comfortable, but the things that are worth it aren't always comfortable. So Mm -hmm. I agree. Katie, what works for you or people you've worked with as far as still getting movement in when it's cold? 
I think too, something that we forget about because, um, well, you know, with, with COVID and masking and, and all these restrictions in the past year and a half, we haven't been able to do this much, but you can always like go to the mall and walk. Yeah. You can find an indoor space and do laps there. That, yep. in fact, malls are like mausoleums now and like there's nobody there. Oh, so I know. you can probably speed walk and not have people in your way. Um, or I mean, you know, and then there's the obvious things where it's like, okay, park extra far, extra, extra far at Costco, extra far at Target. Mm -hmm. You know, it may be, you know, instead of having your groceries delivered to your car, go in and pick them up. I mean, there are small incremental things that will add up at the end of the day. And I'm noticing right now that I have to do things like when I'm in the gym and I'm doing my workout, I am walking slowly in between sets. Like while I'm resting, I'm not walking at four miles an hour. I'm walking at like three miles an hour because I still, my, my muscles need to recover. But I also know that I am not, I do not have the time to walk around the house and throw the ball to red or to take my own walks or to, you know, watch a Netflix show while I'm walking on the treadmill. And I'm finding that those little steps completely contribute to getting me where I feel comfortable at the end of the day. And I don't need to be at 12,000 steps every day. I like to be some, I feel like between seven or eight and 12 is okay for me, but 10 is really where I want to be. And that's not, it's an arbitrary number, but it's the one, it, the reason it works for me is because it requires me to be mindful. Okay. So if I'm not mindful, I won't hit 10. If I am mindful, I do. And mindful just means things like taking one more trip up the stairs, even if I don't feel like it, or, you know, when I'm shopping, taking the long way out to the car, small things like that, that maybe you wouldn't consider because they're, they're neat, right? They're not exercise. They're just mm -hmm. what you do to be more active. Yeah. yeah. I do that at the grocery store where I will, even if I know there's like a straight shot to what I want to get, mm. I will go through each aisle to yeah. get there. Mm -hmm. And then go through each aisle to go back to the cash register. Maybe I'll do that a couple of, I love to grocery shop by the way. So oh, I hate it. It's literally like one of my least oh favorite. Oh my gosh. Parts. I love it. But I do yeah. like to take advantage of the indoor space um, when it's cold out. So, and a strategy that works really well for a lot of my clients is every time they go to the store, walk around inside twice before they even start their order. And then again, yeah. at the end, right? So yeah. walk the whole store twice before, walk the whole store twice at the end. It's a great way to get more movement in. And if you're really struggling and it's cold, like Katie said, like go to the mall or Target, Home Depot, Lowe's, those are big mm -hmm. stores. And if you're like, I just feel weird wandering, like I do this all the time. I'll put a podcast in and just treat it like I'm outside. Nobody's freaking paying attention. No, My daughter hates knows. it. She loves Target. So I'll go with her and I'll tell her like, I will take you to Target, but I'm going to walk for 30 mm -hmm. minutes. And then she's like, you're so embarrassing. Like, Nobody knows. <laughs> No, like, I'm not requiring nope. you to walk next to me. Like I exactly. won't even get a card or anything for 30 minutes and I'll just like walk and put a podcast on. And then when I'm done, I'll shop. Yeah. 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 I love it. Bam. Uh, I think that, I think that's pretty much it. Unless you guys want to yeah. add anything else. No, I think we covered a lot. I can, I, I will add one more thing. And that is to say that there will be a time in the next three months that 99.9% .9 of the population will be like, oh man, I overdid it. Okay. Like felt yeah. like a lot probably should have stopped a little bit before, but I didn't. And I want to just say that is okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is not going to cause weight gain. That is not going to cause irreversible damage to anything that you've done. Um, it's not about what happens in that moment. It's about what happens in the next moment. What is your yes. next choice? And I think that that's an important um, distinction to make that it's not about what you did. It's about what you do next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is so key. It is so key because it matters 
whether that signifies to you, like now I've, I've, I'm done for mm-hmm. and every choice you make thereafter is, you know, going against your goals or whether it's just like, that's fine. Moving on next best yeah. choice. It's just really mm-hmm. that that's the difference maker. Yes. Yeah. What you do most of the time matters much more than what you do. Some of the time. So I love that mm-hmm. it's a drop in the bucket, but next right considered action. And you are back in the game. No, da- I hate the word damage, but no damage done for lack of a better one. Sure not. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, very good. End of the year. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Who are you going to be January 1st? Yeah. Okay. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.